0: Uh, Mike Kellett is in the house hey, as well brother. he's about to offer us a message you know last week Mike you and Al offered an amazing message and then brought the thunder of God into our community <laughs> what you got for us this week my man
1: well we preached up a storm uh, last week and so uh, it's amazing how things are changing daily right uh, I mean all of a sudden you know uh, we're quarantined, quarantine we're doing the uh, lessons this way we had a, a Easter that was really strange, and then all of a sudden the the tornadoes hit. And Ryan, thanks so much for getting out there and helping people instantly. And and look, I want to I want to shout out to to Shannon and her crew for Samaritan Purse. They are actually watching live stream too. Some are in different parts of our building even. So. Thank you guys so much. We'll be telling you more about that later on. But, uh, Ryan, I I, I called you, and I think you guys were, like, taking shelter or something. Tell us about
0: that. Yeah, so we are watching the news. Well, of course, we get home from uh, Easter Sunday just hearts full uh, because it's one of our favorite days of the year. I had a pork uh, loin smoking on my back patio, and uh, we were getting ready for lunch, and then all of a sudden the storms came through, right? And uh, we're watching the news, and then our power goes out. And right before the power went out there, they said, hey, tornadoes coming to Sterlington, take cover. And of course, I live in Sterlington, so I was like, oh, oh boy. Uh, so I, I, I kind of prepped our family. I said, hey, look, if it, if it goes down, this is where we're going to go. We had our little designated spot, which was our uh, hall, bathroom, bathtub. Uh, and uh, so I'm watching outside because our power's out of we, We've we got no way to, to, to track it. And then we saw the trees start to bend in ways that they should not bend. And then I started hearing the winds in ways I don't I'm not comfortable hearing. So I said, Hey, let's take shelter. So we're in we're in the bathtub. I'm kinda of running back and forth and my oldest son Isaac, he's crying. Because I mean this is a this is a fearful time. And I don't know why, but the verse came to me in Isaiah forty one, do not fear mm. for I'm with you. And and I kept repeating that and then Miranda started repeating that to our kids and, and it calmed everybody. It's amazing the calming power of the word of God and thankfully the storm passed over us uh but what was cool was immediately after the storm I get a call from Sean tonages he says hey man I'm ready to roll so we're out trying to look for for work and and that day we were able to to help uh, I think four families uh, immediately we had some trees on their houses and just get some immediate damage off their roofs and 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 get them to a place where they could at least tarp the roof and have some sort of normalcy Because in that moment, everything's so overwhelming. You're looking out, and there's total devastation around your property, and you're like, how how can I get it? And then crews like Sean Tonnage, Steve Holiday was out there, um, Kevin Lowry. That team shows up and says, hey, don't worry about it. We're with you. And it's that same Isaiah 41, do not fear, for I am with you, declares the Lord your God. Uh, So it ended up being a really blessing. It ended up being a blessing to be able to be a part of that and a, a great Sunday overall
1: well i'll tell you uh ryan when i of course i called ryan and uh and of course his first deal was was like uh i'm in the bathroom and a voice in my head went well then why are you answering your phone but then he went on to explain exactly what was happening and wise move good move uh so uh I, i i had just come in from the outside it really didn't affect us around my house very much and uh so uh, I was kind of outside looking. I probably should have been inside hiding, I know. But uh, uh, I really didn't think it did that much damage till we actually got outside and started traveling to the neighborhoods and seeing uh, what had happened. Now, Al and I have a synergy together when we're preaching. So today I don't expect to preach up as big a storm as we did last week. So you're okay. Uh, I do want us to be aware of the weather. We do have warnings out. So uh Be conscious of that kind of thing. Uh, To to get into our lesson today, I ask uh, Silas Williams. He's going to be reading our scripture for today. So, Silas, it's all yours.
2: Good morning, church family. My name is Silas Williams, and today I'm going to be reading John chapter 4, verse 34 to 38. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Do you not say more months, and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the reaper draws his wages. Even now, he harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor thank
1: you and have a good morning thank you silas I appreciate it let's uh let's start with this simple prayer father what we know not teach us what we have not give us what we are not make us in the name of your precious son jesus amen we've been studying out of the book of john and uh a few weeks back before our Easter time and special lessons there, we had, Alan and I did a lesson out of John 4 about the woman at the well. And, and if you'll remember uh, the week even before that, we were out of John 3 and Nicodemus and his conversation with Jesus. I want to tie all that together because it shows something about Jesus and what he said he was going to do. You know, Jesus said from the beginning that he was here for the whole world and that he came into the world. And even though his own rejected him, uh, still he he loved us. And in John 3, we had that famous verse in 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for us, right? And, and did that so that everybody believes he can have eternal life. Well, that verse is right in the middle of a conversation and a context with Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus came, remember, at night. And he's a devout man. He is a... Uh, educated man. He has a lot going on in his life that's good, and he comes to Jesus. In this story, a woman comes, not at night, in the middle of the day, in the middle of the sunshine. She comes uh, uh, not full of education. She comes as an ordinary woman, uh, someone that has not been devout necessarily in her religion. She comes as a woman that has obviously some moral problems in her life, And yet, now she has an interaction with Jesus. You see Jesus going to all kinds of people. You get it? So when he says in 316 he's going to all the world, now he's going to show them throughout this book how he really is going to all the world. And everybody's slow to get that because they think he's coming for the Jews. When they hear world, they think they're world. They don't think everybody else. So he has this conversation. And he takes her to a point where she realizes who he is. That he really is a, a prophet. First he's just a Jew, then he's a prophet, and then he's a teacher. Now she realizes he's the Messiah. And so she all of a sudden now has a message to take out to the whole world. Uh, I want you to remember these three things and see how they happen as we read the story. We see the need, we speak the message, and we share the joy. Got that? See the need, speak the message, share the joy. Uh, look what happens here in verse 27 of chapter 4. The disciples will return and they're surprised to find him talking to a woman. But nobody asked him, "What do you want?" or "Why are you talking with her?" They're silent. Okay, they see him doing this thing, but then they're silent. Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, "Come see a man. You got to meet this guy. Come see a man." Who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Now while this is happening. Kind of shift your scene or uh, your live stream. Your camera over to what else is going on. The disciples they've gone in to buy food to town right. They come back in the middle of this. So she's had her conversation. She says I've got to tell somebody about this. And so she goes back to town. And in the middle of all this the disciples show up with some food. And Jesus tells them this. The disciples said to each other, could, could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus says, to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do not say four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now that he harvests the crop for eternal life. So that the sower and reaper may be glad Together. Thus the saying, one sows and another one reaps is true. I send you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So, all of a sudden, he has this conversation with the disciples to get them to see the need, to get them to realize the fields are are wide to the harvest. Now, at the end of the story, let me go ahead and give you the closing verse of this section. Where the rest of the town has a talk. They talk about this. And they say this. This man really is the savior of the world. That's where this story ends up. People really proclaim. Hey, that's God Jesus. He really is the savior of the world. Not just the Jewish world. The whole world. Including the Samaritan's world. So, I think what happened was the disciples they tend to get distracted as to what Jesus is really trying to accomplish. Now, he's teaching them all along the way, right? And so not only when he says, look up and see the fields, what are they looking and seeing? They're seeing the people from Samaria come in. They're seeing people right here who are learning about Jesus right now. So they're getting that message by Jesus' actions and the results of it, even though they haven't been told that great verse later on, Going to all the world preach the gospel to everyone, you know. And uh, but but so this is setting them up. Jesus is practicing what he wants them to be doing now and later on. So many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of this woman's testimony. I think it's real easy, even this time of quarantine and all the things we deal with, to get distracted. I mean, how many of you are looking up the stats every day of how many in our perish or how many in our state or how many in our country have gotten the virus how many have died how many have recovered i mean there are some people who are living by the stats hour by hour and matter of fact that thing has just almost possessed your heart and mind and that you can't get away from it and if not careful while that's in, but that can be a distraction if it does anything it ought to point us to the fact that like always men are dying daily And men need Jesus daily. People need Jesus more than they need the next breath of fresh air. Do we understand that? But churches, we get distracted. We get distracted by a hundred different things in our culture and around us. And sometimes we lose focus and lose sight of what we're doing. In Raleigh, North Carolina, the newspaper there put out a story about a man who was in the hospital. And he'd come into the hall and he'd taken his medicine And he took it and he was choking. So as he goes to the floor, a nurse comes to his rescue. and She gets him settled in. She gets, uh, gets him where he's breathing again. And just sets him up there in the waiting area in a chair. He sat in that chair 22 hours before being checked on. And then died of a heart attack. While the staff was in a break room playing cards you don't think distractions real you don't think people can get distracted from what's most important to things that are they're just enjoying in life if there's one thing that kills churches it's distractions we get distracted by how how do we make our our worship better than the next one down the street how do we how we do this for our kids ministry will everybody want to come here instead of someone else's it's not about that It's about the harvest. It's about seeing the need in people. And that's our DNA as a church. Yeah, we're kind of a messy church. But because we've always been able to keep a focus on what's most important, the gospel and its saving power to rescue people out of the mess of their life. We cannot get distracted. We have to be someone who sees the need in people. Jesus is reminding the disciples... The fields are white. They're hard now. They're, they're white right now, all over the world. And quarantine or not, the church still has a job to do. And evangelism doesn't stop because we can't get together up in a big room somewhere. Matter of fact, I've been so proud of our, uh, our One Kingdom ambassadors around the world that are still taking the gospel, still baptizing folks, still tar- starting churches, even in the midst of all this, feeding people in their community, helping folks. That's what it's all about. We must not get distracted. We must see the need, just like Jesus encouraged the disciples to see the need. But I'll tell you why, unless we speak the message, nothing happens. You see, people's hearts are changed not by the good deeds you do. Hearts are changed by the story of what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's still the thing that changes men's hearts that he died for our sins, that he was resurrected to give us hope, like we talked about last week. That story of the gospel is still the number one thing we have to keep speaking. That is the message to the world. And we can't lose sight of that message. This woman, she's got the message. And look, she went back with enthusiasm. She went back unashamed of her mess she was in. She went back to her community, witnessing about the one that she found out to be the Messiah. And through one woman, all the whole town comes and understands who Jesus really is. The Bible says, verse 39 of chapter 4, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything he ever did, she said. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days And because of his words, many more became believers. She became a believer. She brought some, became believers, and then many more became believers. See how this thing's multiplying out? They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. What do you want to be known as when you leave this whole world? You want to be known as being successful in your career You want to be known as someone who's accomplished a lot. What do you really want to be known as? One of my great sports heroes is Pete Maravich. I love the story of Pete Maravich. I love reading about the history of how he practiced, all the drills he did, and how uh, how his uh, (coughs) father trained him up to be so good at at this skill. And still he holds records uh, in points scored, even though he only got to play three years because in his time you couldn't even play your freshman year. And, of course, at LSU, by the way. And uh, after he goes on into the NBA and finally retires, I think it was 1980, he goes through a two-year seclusion. Nobody can really find him or know what's going on with him in his life. He tried yoga. He tried Hinduism. He tried a number of things. And someone asked him about it, and he said, I was searching for life. And a little bit after that, he came to know Jesus Christ. And he became a Christian. And he was flying from Louisiana to California in 1988 to do an interview uh, on James Dobson's uh, radio and television show. And him and James Dobson and some other men went down to a church gym and were playing pickup basketball. And Pete Maravich had a heart attack there and died. A couple of years right before that, after he was converted, he said this statement. I want to be remembered as a Christian, a person that serves him to the utmost, not as a basketball player. I thought he got it. Of course, you all, don't you always love it when your own heroes get it in Christianity? And he got it. He understood that. We've got to see the need for people. The, the fields are white. We've got to speak the message because people need Jesus now. And then we get to share in the joy. That's what the passage says. They, they get to share the joy. Do you know what it's like to know that somehow or another in all your mistakes and your mess, God used you to bring someone else to Jesus? That's exciting. And that's what he's doing with our church family all over the world. And that's what he does with you. The reaper and the sower, they have the same joy together. Now, we all have different talents, different abilities. Some people are just inviting people. Others are teaching in the Bible. Others are having them in their home or whatever they can do to minister to folks. But all together, the goal is to bring someone jesus to see that transformation take place you see in this story through the book of john you've got a religious man in chapter three who's got a lot of things going for him in life but he don't know jesus you've got a woman who is bankrupt morally and has a big mess in her life and she don't know jesus you know what unites them unite what unites them is the fact that they both need jesus we all all the same need no matter what our background is no matter what our race is no matter what our our our, our raising has been we all have that same need to see jesus i was watching uh kyle will appreciate this i was watching hacksaw ridge uh last night and There toward the end of the the movie, you might remember uh, Desmond Doss' real-life story of him. He uh, was conscientious of a objector that fought in the war. And he's on top of this ridge. And his whole company has retreated and gone back down the rope of the mountain to to safety. And he's still up there. And he hears guys screaming. And so he starts pulling them to the edge and, and rigs up a rope and starts letting them down one at a time and all of a sudden someone notices man these people are being let down off this mountain let's go let's. and so all of a sudden all night long all night long he's going and getting one screaming soldier after the other who's injured and lowering him down to safety and each time he lowers one down he prays one more Lord just give me one more and he would let a guy down and then he would pray again. One more, Lord. Let me get just one more. And then he would find another one. And he would pull him to the side and he would rig him up and he would let him down so much that his hands were bleeding just from the use of the rope over and over. And he saved 70 men that night and was the first conscience objector in our nation to ever receive the Medal of Honor. But I love his heart and I love his prayer. Lord, just one more. Give me just one more. And that ought to be our prayer every day as we see the needs of folks and as we have a message for them that we could experience the joy of just seeing one more prayer. You see, when a person comes to Christ, they move the emotions of heaven. Angels Gather and sing over one sinner that comes. The emotions of heaven. They are moved. By the fact that God used you to reach one more person. Now that's what I want to be a part of. Now this Samaritan woman. One woman. One woman. tells someone come meet this man that I met. And it makes all the difference in the world. It still happens today by the way. And it happened in our church. I want you to watch this video of one woman who has made a difference in thousands, upon thousands hearing
3: the gospel..
4: There was nine in our family. My mom brought so many people to the Lord, and uh, she brought all of her brothers and sisters to the Lord. All my life, it's been really important to me to tell people about Jesus. I wanted my brother to know the gospel. I knew he was so strong. I mean, and and a leader, He was going to lead you, either good or bad, but he was, he was going to lead. I needed some help and I knew who would be that help would be Bill Smith. I just started asking him to come. I said, I want you to meet my brother and uh, I actually nagged him. just begged him and i'd say please he'll see my brother with me and he did
3: she called me he called me he called me so jan just kept asking
5: me would,
4: would i go talk
3: to him after uh, about a month her constantly asking me but she said he said he'd see you so i'm excited about getting to talk to phil i knew his reputation so when i got there he went chicken it aggravated me, to, to be frank. I asked, where, where, where is he? I said, he's down at the bar. And I said, well, I'm heading down that way. I walked out their, their door and down this hill down to the uh, tavern. I said, Robinson? He said, Smith? And I went in and started talking to him. It was one of those occasions where we both liked each other. And so then, when we finished the 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 study, uh, we took him down and baptized him. He's the same Phil,
4: except the Holy Spirit's in him. I praise God for what He's doing for the Lord's Kingdom. It changed their lives. It changed Kay's life. It changed their kids' lives. I mean, it was like it's just it was unbelievable to to watch. It was like a miracle, and it's just you're just watching this total change. And no one comes to his house. And, leave, and they don't leave without knowing, without hearing the gospel. I mean, it is it is his life. He's a special guy that God has, I really believe, picked to, to help people to find him.
6: My life before Jesus, ha, I basically just got high, got laid, got drunk. That was kind of the big three. My problem at 28, I didn't know what my problem was. That was the problem. Before I met Jesus, I didn't know that Satan controlled me. I didn't know that. In a moment of weakness or maybe on God's part, I sat down and what I heard, the good news about Jesus, stunned me. Let me get this right: free from Satan, free from sin, free from guilt. Whew, that's a big one. Peace of mind, free from law. You don't have to be perfect anymore. And finally, free from the grave. That's what Jesus does. I'm thinking, oh, that'd be a home run. I'm rich, and I'm somewhat famous but neither one of those things can remove my sin or raise me from the dead. They can't help me at all. Therefore, I prioritized Jesus and the blood he shed for my rotten sins and the resurrection. I am thankful to the Almighty for rescuing me from that hell hole. Never arrived, but I'm a lot better than I was. So from there, since I had heard it, I thought, well, one thing's for sure. I'm going to try my best to make sure that all these poor souls weren't in the same shape I was in. If it's up to me. I'm going to make sure they know at least the story about Jesus. I'm going to try to get it in their ears if they'll listen. Amazingly, tens of thousands have responded in a positive way to Jesus, the Son of God. Therefore, I take them one at a time, try to help them. I was up to 28. I'm now 69, one year shy of 70. So I've been at that for about the last 41 years. Mike Owens of the drive and the fire and the love for his fellow man. And he told me, he said, listen, Robson, every time you have a Bible study, I want to be sitting there. You all get together and a lot of people being converted. He said, I don't know how to convert someone. He sat in on every Bible study we had about a year which was a lot and after about a year he said I got it I said well get at it well he took off and to this day he's still going that guy knows how to operate I'm just sitting in there always listening. I said that's a good one there honest
5: growing up in the 60s and 70s you know drugs was just a part of the culture and even though I grew up in the church and had a good home I decided to leave because I really didn't see, from my perspective, a church that was real or where people could really discuss real problems. And so I left the church and uh, ended up in a pretty nasty methamphetamine habit. I would stay awake for days at a time, and one particular week after I'd been awake for a whole week. I came in on a Sunday morning to uh, just crash. And as I laid in bed there pretending to be asleep, our youngest daughter, Callie, came up to me. She was four years old at the time, just stood beside the bed. And I really pretended to be asleep and tried not to hear what she said. But what she said were words that just changed my life. How come daddy doesn't do anything with us anymore? How come he doesn't go to church with us anymore? And she said, well, if he doesn't go, then I'm not going either. It was my moment of clarity the moment where everything became clear i knew that i was taking my whole family down with me not just killing me i was killing everybody that i claimed to love and marry my wife came in i told her i said look i want to change and she said okay would you talk to ray well ray happened to be the preacher here at the time i said i guess i'll talk to him And he came over that day he said mac you really don't have to go in front of the whole church and tell everything you've done but It might help somebody else that's struggling with the same thing. We thought we'd get told not to come back. They came around us, they hugged us, they loved on us, they cried with us, and they said, you're our first drug addict. We don't know quite what to do with you, but we want you to keep coming back. And those are the words I heard loud and clear. Phil Robertson went to church here, so I said, I'll just talk to him because I hear that he goes and shares the gospel with a lot of people, and I'm thinking that I need to learn that. Well, it wasn't long before I knew every one of those scriptures by heart. And I thought, you know what? I can share this with other people. Then all of a sudden, I started sharing with other people as well. And so when I found out about Celebrate Recovery, saw what they were doing and saw that this ministry was for anybody with a hurt, habit, or hang-up. And so we started Celebrate Recovery. We gave people a place to belong. You know, I tell people all the time that drugs and alcohol really weren't my problem. It was my solution. Jesus Christ is my solution today. I am a believer in Jesus Christ first who has been transformed by his grace. And I'm the national director for Celebrate Recovery. You know, you're fortunate in life when you find other people who have the same passion and fire and desire that you have. Uh, they can't keep quiet about what Jesus has done for them. And Chad Johnson is one of those individuals. We would share the gospel with people at my shop all the time, and I lived on a lake. We'd share the gospel with people and go down to the swamp, you know, clear out all the cypress leaves and tuple gum balls and, ba- and water and you know, and then baptize them right down there in the lake behind the house. In Celebrate Recovery, we're always trying to find ways to plug newcomers in. And so one of the ways Chad came up with was he said, you know what? He said, I'm just going to take some of these new guys fishing after Celebrate Recovery. It immediately makes a bond, and that person feels like, wow, I'm valuable here. They want to do something with me. When you find somebody that's like-minded to share with them the fire that you have, and then watch it ignite in them and see them take off, and now it still excites me to see him so excited about what Jesus has done for him
4: and the things you have heard me say
6: in the presence of many witnesses
4: in the presence of many witnesses
6: in trust
5: and trust to reliable men to reliable men who will also be
6: qualified will
4: also be qualified
6: to teach others to teach others now's my turn
1: Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. One woman making an impact on a whole town. One woman making an impact on her brother who's made an impact on the world. We're not going to lose focus at Watch Free Road. We're going to keep our focus. We're going to see the need of people. We're going to speak the message. And we're going to share in the joy as we see God do great things. I just want to thank you again for for being with us. We do want to honor your prayer request. And uh, uh, it's just a a joy to even be together uh, through live stream. And I know that uh, it's difficult sometimes these days. But I want you to, to keep strong. Don't get discouraged. God's still active and doing things, and he's not waiting on us to get out of our houses for opportunities to come by. So we're going to be ready to see the need to share the message and to enjoy the joy of others coming to Christ. Uh, We do want to honor some of those requests. Ryan, what do we have uh, uh, going on this week, and what are the prayer requests we have?
0: Sure. We want to tell you, first of all, that uh, I know some of you had mentioned you, you may be having some Internet issues at the house uh, if it's if you've missed some things, the replay of this will be available all week long um, for you guys that are watching on Facebook. You cannot start it from the beginning until we finish. So once this uh, live stream ends, the full replay will be available on Facebook, and then of course our live stream. You can go to our website and watch any of this uh, all week long. We want to tell our kids who are watching uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, WFR Children's Ministry. I know uh, Lindy and uh, Cynthia and Shelby and and the whole uh, crew are putting together videos uh, uh, weekly, even some daily, for you to have some activities. So for those of you that are homeschooling kids like myself and you need some some extra uh, material, go to the WFR Children's Ministry YouTube page. You can also get to that by our app. Uh, Got a busy week, Monday. Uh, Every Monday at 12 noon Central Time. We have a Bible study on the Zoom app. That's Z-O-O-M as in Mike. Uh, you need to download the Zoom app. It's really, really easy. In fact, I saw in some of the comments you guys telling each other how to do it. So it's very, very simple. But David Bromley, one of our elders here, leads that every Monday at 12 noon Central Time. Of course, if you want to uh, join me on, uh, for Tuesday nights, I, I lead a worship session on my personal Facebook page. So hit me up on Facebook uh, it's Tuesday nights at 7 Central. Wednesday, we have Peak of the Week, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Mike is leading us in the study of 1 Peter. Uh, that will be also live. All of this, by the way, happens on our website and on Facebook Live. Thursday night, of course, is Reengage at 6.30. It is Testimony Week, and Danny and Beverly Dobbs will be sharing their testimony. You don't want to miss that. Uh, and then Friday, no better place to be than celebrate recovery. And guess what? This Friday is chip night, so get fired up. Uh, I know Kyle... Uh, and Rucker and Hudnall and David Owen are going to be leading the charge there. So uh, what a great night. That's 7 o'clock on Friday night, Uh, and they also have worship by the CR band. Saturday, CRU, that's Celebrate Recovery University location led by Richard and Tina Bass. That is going to be 6 p.m. So we've got something for you every night of the week. Stay connected. Stay involved with us. Um, We've we've got some things to keep us uh, in community uh, during this strange and unique time. Um, I want to say hey to Ron Mamoudian, C.K. Black, Vanessa Stevens, Grant, and Madeline Weatherford. What's up, fam? Uh, Ginger Paget, and this is interesting. I, that video kind of got me emotional uh, because you know you saw some legends of the faith there: Jan Dasher, Bill Smith. Uh, both of those have uh, uh, both those folks have gone to be with our Lord and, and uh, it was just great to see their faces again. But what's cool is that discipleship video, uh, Ginger Paget mentioned that she was baptized by Mac Owen in Tennessee. How cool is that? And here she is watching today. Um, Laurel Foster is watching. I want to say thank you to Laurel. Laurel has been writing uh, encouragement and love notes Uh, and sending them out during this time. And in order for her not to be distracted, she's sending out encouragement encouragement notes. And I received one of those this week. So thank you, Laurel. Love you, girl. Jonathan Davis is watching. Jared and Aaron Stokes. Uh, And of course, our friends and family from Oklahoma, Larry and Kathy Bowles. Love you guys. Um, I wrote down a couple quotes from today too. One of those is from Mike. We all have the same need and it's Jesus. And I love what unites us. Um, in, in this, you know, I'm reading these comments. I'm seeing these families they are from all different States. We've got over 20 States and and five countries represented, but we're all united by the fact that we need a savior and we have one in Jesus Christ. Uh, I also love this quote. This is from Tanya Alexander. I am going to try to be nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. What a cool, cool quote. Thank you for that guys. Stay safe. Um, I want you to know that if you, if you have a volunteer uh, heart and you want to get out there, Samaritan's Purse, again, is on our campus every day at 7.30 a.m. and 12.30 p.m. You can volunteer. They'll take you through training. You don't have to have any experience. Uh, I know you guys are watching Samaritan's Purse, so if you guys are in there, I know you're all six feet apart, but go ahead and clap and say hello, Samaritan's Purse. We love you. Thank you for being here. But if you, need, uh, if you want to volunteer, you can do that, uh, and there's more information about that on our website. There are storms coming today, again, this week, and uh, we, we want to tell you to stay safe, uh, stay in tune to uh, your local news, um, but, uh, but pray. Pray for God that, that he will uh, heal our land, that he will protect us during this time, and that during this time, he will use this uh, to make his name uh, and majesty more and more famous. I want to share some prayer requests. Uh, Liz Sori has asked prayers that so she's getting a heart monitor put in this week, and so we're praying that everything in that test comes up uh, okay. Uh, Cyrus Bayi, all the way from Liberia, we've been praying for you, Cyrus, that you because uh, he had malaria, and guess what? Prayers answered. He has been, as he puts it, freed from malaria. So praise God. Also, he leads a church there in Liberia, and they're having a baptism today. So praise God. We're adding another to the kingdom. Captain Kirk has mentioned his coworker Tiffany has tested positive for COVID-19 and is struggling on her recovery. We want to pray for Tiffany. Uh, and, Captain, we also want to pray for you. Uh, as a, you're working at the hospital and on the front lines, we want to pray for all of our healthcare care workers. Uh, Laura Keegan has mentioned that her son, Kurt Keegan, is 12 years old, has uh, ulcer- ulcerative colitis and uh, is, is in desperate need of healing. We want to pray for, for uh, Kurt and um, that he will also get into the Mayo Clinic. And then Jaquita Jordan has asked prayers. Uh, her son is a cook, is considered essential staff, and has a low immune system, and we want to pray protection over him. We don't want to forget we've been praying for our healthcare workers, workers. We also want to pray for those in the grocery stores, uh, uh, our, our, our cooks, and our people working in, in meal service and all these other places that are uh, have potential exposure. We want to pray protection over them. But we also want to know that you, each and every one of you, are essential in the kingdom. Know that. Know who you are. Uh, know that everywhere you step because you're a kingdom man or you're a kingdom woman everywhere you step is kingdom ground and know that know who you are so that's what we've got we love you i'm going to turn it back to mike and he's going to close us in prayer thank you guys for being with us today uh pay attention to our app and our website we're going to continue uh uploading things this week but uh we love you and uh, we'll see you soon
1: thanks ryan we appreciate so much uh, your work in ministry and for taking these requests and for keeping us connected together as a forever family would you bow with me please let's pray father we are grateful for the day we can be together i'm thankful father that bill smith's been able to come home and i uh, know that he's been in the hospital a long time pray continued healing for him father for uh liz uh sorry and uh uh, heart issues. We pray, Father for her and for a great uh, great report from her tests. We pray, Father for Cyrus, thankful Father uh, that he's better now and grateful that to see the uh, good news being shared around the world in Liberia, especially with him. I pray Father for Tiffany, who's been tested positive. I pray for healing on her behalf, and that uh, she can get over this quickly. I pray Father for laura her son, who's twelve years old. Just seems nothing hurts like our kids hurting, and we want to uh, always fix everything. But a lot of times we can't. But we we know you can, so we join her heart and her voice in praying for her son. And Father, uh, for for Frieda and her family, Father, for the health workers that are on the front lines, we pray for protection. Thank you for their boldness. Thank you for their servant attitude, as well as Father, those supplying our food, the grocery stores. All, other people, Father, that are, that are open and, uh, and really put themselves at risk to take care of us. We're so grateful. Father, I pray that there will be an end to this virus quickly. And I pray that it will wake us all up to be more conscious of you and the joy that we have being your children. I pray, Father, for our nation, for our president, our vice president, and all those in positions of authority. I pray, Father, for those around the world That somehow or another even this could open up more doors and opportunities for the gospel to be preached. We love you. We're thankful for the hope we have in Jesus. In his name and the church said, Amen.